Hey, hey, hey. I am GB Bowtie. He is Jimmy John's Pitbull, and we are the Houndstooth Heroes. Well, joining you again, we are proud to be a part of Roll Bama Roll, and you can follow us on SoundCloud at Houndstooth Heroes, or follow us on Twitter at H2Th Heroes. What you drinking there, uh, Pitbull? Uh, your boy's got some Goose Island IPA. It's a nice little, nice little uh, fall beer. Yeah, I'll take it. How about you? Uh, well, I, I've gone to hard liquor. I'm uh-huh. uh, I'm sucking on a vodka with soda with a splash of cranberry uh, because you know it's still summer here in Orange Beach, but uh, you do what you can. Uh, but as we as always on the podcast, things are horrible. Yep. Tell me what's horrible going on in your life, Pitbull. Well, as our uh, two listeners may remember, hey mom, uh, hey dad, hey. Um, I, I took a trip to Maine recently, right? Right, yes. And, and for that trip, I boarded the dog. Oh. And you have met Willow. Yes, she's a, a delightfully enormous hound. She is. She is the biggest and baddest shih tzu you've ever seen. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, so since returning from our trip, she has taken to uh, using the entire house as her bathroom. Right, right. Yeah. Well... Willow was never that well behaved in the first place. Well, Willow's got a mean streak, but had at least seemed to figure that out. So here I am finding myself trying to house train a five year old dog. Again. Uh, again, yeah. So we'll see how that goes. What's horrible there? Oh, dude. Okay. Nothing's horrible, but I'm in a I'm in a I'm in a bucket of worry. All right. Uh, our, our our listener Fred Metz, the one listener. The we one have. listener, sure. Hey, Fred. Uh, he knows, that, and, and and you know, that, that how I feel about the Chicago Cubs. Yes. And we find ourselves in the playoffs. We have a playoff game, a, a wild card play-in on Oct- October the 7th. Mm. So that's got me just, just pacing the floor left and right. Uh, in addition, you and I will be attending the Jason Isabel Show mm-hmm. at the Ryman Theater on the date of the final potential Game 7 of the National League Championship Series. So if you know me, mm-hmm. you know everything goes wrong. Mm-hmm. So we will be finding ourselves in Game 7 of that series and while I'm sitting up in the Ryman Theater stressing out like you wouldn't believe. Oh, so gosh. I can't call it anything horrible. It's fantastic that we find ourselves in this position. But damn it, you knew it would work out this way. Obviously, but you're right. That's a good way to look at it. I'd rather have these problems than not. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, so anyway, speaking of problems, if you bet on the Tide – to cover the 36, you found yourself on the short end of the stick this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, but before we get to that, yes, I've, I've named this podcast, this edition of our fabulous podcast, the Hood Lang Bang edition. <laughs> because there was the rumor early this week, if you want to take our, our listener through it, of the um, Lane Kiffin's exploits. Well, yeah, we'll call them exploits. I, I think I'll that's a, that. a sensible term. Um, if you have access to the internet, which I think our listener internet. does, sure. Yeah, he, does. he might. Um, there were all sorts of rumors flying around, I guess, earlier this week. Uh, I initially heard it that one Lane Kiffin had uh, engaged in some sort of activity with... Of a sexual nature. Of a sexual nature, <laughs> thank you. With the wife of an Alabama booster... Correct. Uh, since that, they may or may not own a GMC Cadillac dealership in Mobile, Alabama. But oh. that's that. But you know, whatever. Okay, that's a hot lead there. 
since that time, the rumor has, I guess, uh, spun into one of the Sabins were involved, whether it was Kristen or uh-huh. or the elder Terry Sabin. Somehow, I don't see Miss Terry getting up in that. No, I'm <laughs> not sure. I'm not sure Lane's her type. Uh, not if you're, really not. If you're still buying these rumors, I don't know what else to tell you, but I've got some oceanfront property in Arizona that I can maybe interest you in. These rumors began on a very uh, well-reputed and respected blog known as Rocky Top Talk. Where they're still better. Yeah, exactly. Where you can certainly find all the latest and truest Lane Kiffin rumor. Right, because honestly, the way that game worked out for Tennessee... They might want to be focused on Florida instead of Lane Kiffin's dick. Yeah, agreed. So uh, that's the rumor. I'm not putting any stock into it. How about you? Who'd Lane bang? Well, <laughs> Lane, look, look. Um, you know, I, I, I'm not a, I, you know, I, I'm not stupid. I know Lane can't keep it in his pants. Right. But uh, this is this one is not true. This is the one rumor rumor about Lane Kiffin that is not true. Because um, if you've seen the uh, Booster's wife in question. Uh, I don't see that happening. And, and Kristen Saban got married two and a half weeks ago. So, you know, she's batshit crazy, but I don't see her stepping out two and a half weeks after she uh, engages in the nuptials. Right. Yeah, I agree. And anybody who's been in Tuscaloosa in the last 18 months can tell you that Lane Kiffin is around town, as it were. He is around town. And, uh-huh. and, and, and one member of this podcast, and it was not me, has sent me photographs of someone who might or might not be someone Elaine is, let's say, involved in. Well, but, no, she told me that guy's name was Joey Freshwater. Joe, so, gotcha, gotcha, somebody, gotcha. Somebody totally different, I think. Totally different, uh-huh. absolutely, totally uh-huh. different, exactly. Moving gotcha. on. Moving on to the ULM, where uh, the where one fourth down failure to cover cost the uh, betters on the podcast. Uh, a substantial amount of money if they may, if they were dumb enough to bet the tide to, to cover the 36. That's right. Uh, but anyway, uh, so it was a 34 to nothing win, but what did we hate about it? What do you want to start? There's a whole lot of shit to hate in those games. There's so much to hate, and you have to, have to, have to start, once again, at the quarterback play of Jacob Coker. Just an unmitigated disaster. His final stat line is the saddest little stat line you've ever heard. Uh, 10 for 21. <laughs> But to be fair, you can separate Jake Coker from first half and second half. You can, and we will absolutely touch on that later. Um, All right. But but overall, 10 for 21, 80 yards, uh, just so many bad decisions, so many balls that he flung up in the air to anybody as pressure was coming on him. Uh, He's staring down his receivers. His check down progression is just, look at my primary receiver for a long time. If it's not there, maybe I'll try to run, uh, and just really struggled. Yeah, I mean, and and he repeated the Ole Miss interception where he heard. I mean, look, the guy was coming out of an Ole Miss, but the guy had not hit him, right? And and he threw the ball fifteen yards short. Well, he did the exact same thing this time. The ULM guy was coming, but the ULM guy had not hit Coker at all. He was just, you know, coming toward him. So he flings the ball. And once again, an interception 15 yards short. So that's going to have to stop if we're going to uh, progress at this point. Yeah, and what you're saying, I mean, it's not the hit that's throwing off his passes. It's the the pressure itself, and he just can't handle it, which is a problem for our O-line, but we're not going to get to that right now. Right, correct. Uh, 
when he does throw a good pass, one problem contributing to that 10-for-21 stat line is that our receivers just don't really care to catch it anymore. No, no, no. Mm. Uh, as, I, as I pointed out, our receivers couldn't catch herpes in Tallahassee. Ooh, that's tough to do. Well, but it's true. Uh-huh. Um, you know, look, Calvin Ridley had a missed touchdown pass for absolutely no reason. Just dropped it. Hit him right in the hands. Um, between uh, Ridley, Ardarius Stewart, and Chris Black, they had six drop passes. And look, Coker is 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 not a world leader to start with. Uh, so we're going to need all the help we can get. So maybe you know, putting a ball in your paw and hang on to it for a little bit, a little bit might be the way to go. Yeah. Uh... You know, with Robert Foster's injury again from the Ole Miss game, I think Chris Ridley actually did a decent job kind of filling that vacancy, and it looks like our boy Richard Mullaney is going to be the Kevin Norwood to uh, Jake Coker's, I guess A.J. McCarron we'll go with. Um, But he he was somewhat dependable. Um, Overall, just a rough day for the receiving core against a ULM defense not known for its past defense. Right, and it's the same thing that they did with with Ole Miss. I mean, it was the wide receivers, they couldn't run a route to save their damn life. Uh, So it was just, you know, it's just pointing out again how much we miss Amari Cooper. Yep, no doubt. Uh, Maybe the most concerning stat for me coming out of Saturday, 2 of 13 on third downs. Yeah, uh, that that is enormously concerning. Yards after the catch basically were zero, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and look, the Jake Coker, you know, if you're following, not following him on Twitter, you should Coke at Coker deep ball. Uh, the at Coker deep ball basically does not exist. Not uh, Jake thing. Coker has a huge arm, but he can't connect. And as we said, the wide receivers just can't get separation. Yeah. And you like to see, I mean, I'm glad we're giving him chances to hit the deep ball. And as you pointed out on Twitter, you know, you've got to try in these yeah. type of games, because at some point we're going to need him to hit that ball. Right. Uh, but there's just not even any sign for optimism. He's not just barely overthrowing some guys or kind of missing a target here and there. They're just nowhere close. Right. Uh, the final thing that I – this isn't really something I hated. It's just something that existed. Derrick Henry was basically nowhere to be found in the second half, and that's fine. Um, I would assume you're keeping him out for, for this week's game against Georgia, and I get it. And he also apparently, we pointed out last week that he had tonsillitis, and in addition, he apparently had, uh, what in the hell is that noise? Can you hear that? That's that's the damn pooping dog here. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so, yeah, he had tonsillitis and a third degree fever, so I get it. You hold him out, but nevertheless, you know, it's something, it's, it's, it's something to be concerned about because yeah. you know, if not concerned. Yeah, agreed. And uh, on that note, I will pivot us to things we did not hate. Things we did not hate. And I'm gonna go. Go. I'm gonna stay on the Derrick Henry train real quick and say we saw an eye formation for I think the first time all year. Holy shit! It was amazing. It was fourth and one. I think we were on about the two or three, and uh, put Nice Wander there in the backfield and Henry lined up behind him and uh, punched it in for a touchdown. Imagine was, that, a touchdown out of the I formation. It felt like we were living in 2009 all over again. Oh, no, crazy, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, another thing we didn't hate, Jake Coker, again, is a subject of conversation. Jake Coker in the second half is a whole lot different from Jake Coker in the first half. Second half stats, he was 7 of 10 for 78 yards. and that, that doesn't sound great, but when you look at what he did, I think Kiffin may have figured out what Coker is good at, what he mm-hmm. sucks at. Um, you know, if you give Jake Coker a little rollout pass, 
preferably to the right, or give him a real, real quick pass out off the, after after the snap. Um, he's comfortable in that position. Um, we thought that Cooper Bateman was going to be our athletic quarterback. Apparently, it's not. Jake Coker. Um, if you let him, if you know, granted, he the problem with him is he's prone to run before he should. Right. But if you, Jake Coker is not afraid to use his legs, and he's pretty damn good at it when he does. So I, you know, I in one of the press conferences this week, uh, he indi- uh, Saban indicated that we might see some design plays for Jake Coker to run, and he's a big old boy, so you know he's not afraid to take a hit or give him give a hit. Yeah, that excites me. The kid's got some wheels that I had no idea existed. Um, but I think you're right. It's like at halftime they had seen something and came out ran a lot more bootlegs. You know, they relied on the play action like we've been trying. And uh, it seemed to start clicking. So there's reason for optimism moving forward, perhaps. Yes, uh, we have to hope. Yeah, Speaking may- of optimism. I was about to say, maybe the biggest reason for optimism. Welcome back, Adam Griffith. Exactly. Got to be excited. Now, I have to th- confess this. Uh, a friend of the show, an Orange Beach's resident, Sad Barner Western Yard, mm-hmm. Pointed out that one point during the Polish sausages dry spell, I drunkenly screamed at the television that he didn't deserve a home in the state. Oh no! Well, apparently, I don't know if immigration came a knocking or what, but he had two attempts and two uh, successful field goals, and they really weren't. It wasn't just like you know, you know, skin of your teeth kind of situations. Mm-hmm. They were accurate and they were long, and we've got to be excited about that. I like anything that's accurate and long. There you go. Uh, speaking of, I just say that sometimes when I'm really I'm, not, when it's really not speaking of no, yeah, not so much. Uh, but lastly, Kenyon Drake finally seemed to find his role in the offense, or I suppose, uh, maybe more correctly, the coaches found Kenyon Drake's role in the offense. Uh, you know, I choose to give us credit, obviously, because right, we've been yeah, yeah, yeah. harping on this over and over that he's not the guy you want to just line up and, uh, shove down the defense's throat. And so... We used him on the edge a lot. He got to showcase his speed, and instead of you know trying to bulldoze the defenders, got to uh, kind of juke around and make some miss. Exactly, exactly. You got to be happy about that. And the final thing to be happy about is, as again, uh, is the defense. You know, it was, it, yeah, it was ridiculous. No points, and it wasn't just no points. They had no hope of moving the ball. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I think it's too early to start these. You know, 2009, 2011 defense comparisons. Right. But I haven't seen much like uh, the seven we're trotting out there now on the front. And I, I give credit to our DBs. I think they're kind of getting it together and learning on the run. So Exactly. All right. Well, so that's our recap. Uh, but now I guess we'll turn to next week's opponents, which will be the Georgia Bulldogs, uh, which will be a 230th there between the hedges in Athens, Georgia. We have a musical moment. Uh-oh. Mm. Okay, I think it's still there. So there you go. There you go. If that gives you any indication of what our take on the Georgia Bulldogs are, they are the mirror image mm-hmm. of your Alabama Crimson Tide. It also gives you an indication of the uh, high technology we're using here to produce exactly. this podcast. I'm playing it on my phone like a boss. <laughs> uh, anyway, they are a mirror, Im- mirror image of us. Um offensively they have a fantastic all-world back in Nick Chubb and another fellow whose first name is Sony. I don't know his last name, but I'm hoping it's Walkman, but it may not be. It probably is not. 
Um, but they are apparently their one-two punch to compare to our uh, Kenyon Drake uh, situation in our backfield, mm-hmm. uh, Derrick Henry. So, you know, they've got the one-two. They look a whole lot like us uh, in their running game. Um, then there's quarterback. They also have quarterback issues. Yeah, it's kind of the same story across most of the SEC. They've got Grayson Lambert. He's a first-year starter. Uh, didn't complete a pass in the first half of the Vandy game. Right, right, right. The Vandy game. The the, Van, the vaunted Vandy D held him yes. to no completions. Yeah, so uh, they are kind of like us trying to find those safe passes, uh, going with a lot of screens, getting the ball to Chubb and Sony Walkman that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chubb, you Which, know... <laughs> Which is, you know, we've been pretty successful with Reggie Ragland and, you know, trying to shut down a, a screen. And he and Reuben Foster have been very successful. Mm-hmm. But the problem is, if they get past Foster and Ragland, uh, you don't want Chubb coming at one of our DBs full strength. No. Uh, in that situation, we're completely screwed. Yeah, you're right. And we may very well find ourselves there. Um, oh. Of concern for UGA... Their O-line is going to have their work cut out for them against our front seven. Uh, UGA's starting center apparently His told... name I, I can't recall. No, it's not even important. No. Uh, told media that he felt they would pass the test with, quote, flying colors. Oh, good, because so, nobody else has. Yeah, no, I, I'm sure in film study he saw a lot of teams that have done that. Right, exactly. Uh, uh, yeah, but that's and, and look, defensively, they're led uh, by Jeremy Pruitt, who yeah. of uh, former, you know, of of two a days fame in Hoover High School, and then for some reason he joined the Alabama Crimson Tide and went to Florida State. But they have moved; he's moved to Georgia, and they've shown significant improvement uh, on their D line. They like us last year, and so to a certain extent this year, uh, have some secondary issues, which. <laughs> <clears throat> which brings us back to at Coker Deep Ball. If he could throw the damn thing, we might have some success against him. But as it is, we're going to have to be running the ball uh, and trying to get some penetration against their D-line, which is kind of the strength of their defense. Yeah, you're exactly right. Uh, O.J. Howard came out this week and said, watching film of the defense, of the Georgia defense, it looked almost identical to the Alabama defense. Like I- you're a mirror. Oh. oh. Uh, I imagine O.J. Howard just hangs out with the defense and watches their film all day because he doesn't really have have anything on the offensive side. Uh, It'll be interesting to watch the hashtag narratives around Uh this game because, you know, obviously should Alabama find themselves on the short end, it will be the death nail in our dynasty. Really our football program. I yes, mean, I, yeah. was, I was told after the Ole Miss game that we should just shut the damn thing down. Yeah, lock the doors, turn out the lights. Uh-huh. The <laughs> turn uh, off the waterfall. Fuck it all. It's over. <laughs> oh, that waterfall. <laughs> uh, on the other end of the stick, you know, if if we come out on top, it'll be the same old story that Mark Richt has uh, really produced from day one at Georgia, which is, right. yeah, I like to win some, but yeah, I don't have to win that many. Uh, really. Okay, okay, here, okay. I don't know if you got a chance to read this today. Dan Wolken of USA Today fame writes this article. Uh, Did you see this? No. Um, Georgia does not perform to the level that they should, or is it by design? Basically because they're just running 
such a fantastic program and are willing to just miss people left and right. Because oh. um, Mark Rick, with all his adopted foreign youngins, sure, you know, we'll just adopt, we'll just, we'll just dismiss anybody for the slightest transgression, and they're just running such an upstart program that everybody should be looking up to. That really, they can't win titles because of that. And there's your hashtag narrative right there. Yeah. Uh, and there's my middle finger in that. Uh huh. Uh -huh. Both of them. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Aforementioned Dan Wilkin was actually the one who really led the uh, Alabama's dynasty demise chance of previous mm -hmm. weeks. So that doesn't surprise me at all. It does seem like an appropriate time to bring up that Georgia's dealing with some disciplinary actions. Or Bust issues. your mouth. No, no, I know. Try to try to look less shocked. Mm -hmm. But uh, some, some bros from the Georgia football team were hanging out at a Chili's this week. Like you do. Those as, Mexican head rolls are fire, bro. Obviously, as one does. Right. And uh, one just happened to pick up the phone around his boys and call a fellow Georgia student, a female, and tell her that he was going to have his friends kill her. Oh. Kill her dead. Kill her dead. Mm -hmm. And I know, I'm sorry you're getting over the shock of Mark Rick dealing with disciplinary issues. I should inform you that it came out tonight that Athens police have announced they will not bring charges against this individual. Hold on. Hold I it need, together. I need, I need to get off the damn ground. I've been fell out. Uh, seriously. Yeah, yeah. So. I'm going to kill him. I mean, granted, it's not as bad as I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to choke a bitch no, at, yeah. that we heard recently. But, I, well, I don't know. I'm going to kill a bitch. It's pretty bad, too. Uh, but, <laughs> but it's not good. Not, not going to file charges against that because you and I could get on the phone and call somebody and say, I'm going to kill your ass. And we'd certainly not face charges. No, yeah. That's just standard that's yeah. that's relationships that's good times, that's, I, that's really exactly. good times. That's what i do with what i do with all the the the, the scores of women i've dated over the past <laughs> 100 years yes uh anyway we're gonna move along to the weekly segment known as jimmy john pitbull presents what are those what are those yeah this week it's uh it was pretty cut and dry i felt like um you know it was such a great trip and really a great story for college football that LSU decided to go up to Syracuse and play in the Carrier Dome. That was delightful. It was it was so fun and Leonard Fournette made it even better. I have and, a real but I have a real quick thing before you get to your, to, uh -oh. to your what are those? All right. What does Carrier make? Uh airplanes? Air conditioners. Air conditioners, that's what I meant. What's the one thing the air the carrier dome does not have? Uh, airplanes? Air conditioners. Air conditioners, damn it. WTF. Really? Right. They have a, they have got the naming rights and they didn't even put their damn product in the building. Wow. WTF. Yeah. That's, uh, anyway, yeah. just very, very big 10 of them. Uh -huh, exactly. And, and, and I never heard if LSU fans actually did drink Syracuse dry. I, 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 there were no reports of it, no. so I'm going to assume they did not. Yeah, I and guess I, not. and we have to think that kind of that's we're going to have to bring that up at some point because that's kind of sucks of them. Yeah, par for the course from. And how guys. hard could it be to drink Syracuse, New York dry? For God's sake, you would think. Anyway, yeah. back what to the what are those award? Uh, Syracuse came out in some real weird kind of like Auburn Megatron uh, Transformer type getups. Mm -hmm, uh, mm. They had some shiny helmets and these like matching pants that were bright orange and a hideous kind of orange mint orange, and then their blue jerseys, and it was just kind of well. Their blue jerseys had a red number. 
Right, that's, yeah. That's when I said Orangeman Orange, I guess my implication was Orangeman Red. Right, it was red, and that's what I didn't get about it. The whole the whole getup was red and blue. And they're the orange bun, which you know, I know I drank some, but that definitely threw me off. Mm-hmm. A, a true what are those moment, I would exactly. say. Exactly. Uh, and while we're on the topic of game day attire and fashion. Oh, yeah. So let's do this. I think we briefly may have mentioned this, but if not, we'll mention it again for our one listener. Hey, uh, Brad. Yep, yep. Uh, prior to the Alabama Ole Miss game of recent weeks that you may remember, I right. stopped at a uh, clothing store. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And buy a new game it was day a, shirt. It was a gas station, wasn't it? It was. That's what I was trying to get around. But yes, <laughs> stopped at a gas station and bought a new game day shirt, uh-huh. uh, which I then, of course, wore to the Alabama Ole Miss game. Right. Uh, the shirt quickly gained a losing record. Yeah. Uh, I did wear it again last week against ULM, uh-huh, which uh-huh. I I was hoping would kind of even out the mojo. But I need to be certain whether I can wear it or not this weekend. Well, okay. Well, here's there's an easy solution to this. Yes. Uh, for our Twitter follower, um, you can get on H Two Heroes and you can use the hashtag New Shirt or Naw. Hashtag New Shirt or Naw. Exactly. Weigh in on whether Jimmy John Pitbull should uh, wear the new shirt mm-hmm. or Naw. Yeah, it's, uh, a, it's a very nice golf shirt. You know, it's crimson with some red stripes. Got the A. It was, it was a delightful shirt. I will give you that. It's a handsome as fuck shirt. But I'm sorry. If the shirt don't win, it don't win. And a corollary to that, I was wearing what I thought was a fairly successful shirt. Uh, really? And I was sitting here watching the ULM game go to shit. And so I transitioned into last year's shirt mm. and, in fact, moved venues from my home to a local watering hole where uh, things improved significantly in the second half. So I'm going to stick with last year's shirt. So I don't even need a poll. I'm good. But yeah. you should definitely tune in to our Twitter account, h 2 Heroes, and weigh in on Jimmy John's new shirt, new shirt or no. Yeah, yeah. That's The bottom line is we need to win. I'm glad you're doing your part for the team. Absolutely, always. And uh, maybe just don't wear that one in the postseason. No, absolutely not. Never never again. It's going to be burned, although it did cost hundreds of dollars, so there's that. Uh, but anyway, speaking of hundreds of dollars and how we can't seem to make any, uh, you want to move on into uh, next week's games and who we hate, including, as always, our hate of the week. Of the week, of the week, of the week. <laughs> God, oh, that, was, that, that got weird. That um, weird. Yeah, it's an interesting site. And <laughs> yeah, I, it is. I got to say, the game I'm most excited in is uh, the Vandy Doors at the Middle Tennessee State Blue Raiders. Vandy is a directional school's homecoming. Is it homecoming? It's homecoming, Middle Tennessee. And that is, at some point we need to have a segment on the Houndstooth Heroes of, and just call it, That's So Vandy. Oh, that would be nice. (laughs) Because this is uh, going to Middle Tennessee for their homecoming and being a dog that's so vain. I mean, traveling 15 minutes south of your home stadium <laughs> to be a dog at a directional school. Yeah, so the doors, the doors are, the doors are getting a point in Murfreesboro. Uh, who you hating there? You know, I, I really am just dying to see the outcome of this game. I don't feel super strongly either way. I think Vandy has been playing better than they have in maybe a couple of years. Uh, yeah, held tight to Ole Miss last weekend. And actually held Georgia, our upcoming Georgia Bulldogs, uh, to a decent game. 
And meanwhile, MTSU is having a great season. They almost, if I'm not mistaken, pulled off a victory against Illinois last week. They did. Illinois sucks. But, yeah, yeah. But it's still, a, you know, it's a Big Ten school, sort of. Mm-hmm. So there's that. And so there's um, that. And, and, and that, did they play? What seems like they played somebody good, like Western Kentucky, who's not shit, um, or somebody that they they were in the games. Middle Tennessee is not a horrible a horrible team to to deal with. So I still I'm still gonna hate the doors, man. I'm just gonna hate the doors. You're hating the doors. Uh, they have a decent pass defense, but Middle Tennessee runs that um, runs that hurry up no huddle huddle bullshit, and so I kind of think. They're going to get the doors off guard and and take 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 down the uh, the anchor. Okay. Oh, take the anchor up, as it were. Uh-huh. Uh, exactly. That good team that Middle Tennessee played, you may have been thinking of, was the Alabama Crimson Tide. No, I knew they played us. I thought they played somebody else that was decent. Uh, but I they could be played wrong. Jackson State, Alabama, Charlotte, and Illinois. Okay. Once again, I am wrong. That's as, okay. Came out of that it, two and two. It's an emerging theme on Houndstooth Heroes. I am wrong. Well, <laughs> we've already spent entirely too much time talking about MTSU, but I, I am gonna hate MTSU here. I think it's just a little brother syndrome, and I think Vandy somehow pulls it out. Fair enough. Uh, next up in uh, Scenic College Station, uh, Texas, the Mississippi State Moo U Bulldogs are getting six and one half points at. T-A-M-U. Who do you hate there, uh, Pitbull? I'm going to kind of go against my gut here and hate on A&M. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if Moo U will win outright, but I think if, if, and, if State – damn, I'm having a hard time. I think if State plays kind of a smash-mouth SEC-type game, A&M still can't really handle that. Uh, Arkansas kept it very close, and I, I like State to cover here. All right, here's my here's my position on this game. By a point, I think if you get this game to seven and a half mm-hmm. and take state, you got it. Because I think mm-hmm. it's a seven point game. I think A and M wins the game by seven. So by that point, Houndstooth Heroes, uh, get it to seven and a half, and I think uh, then take Mississippi State because I think Mississippi State can't. Well, here's the problem with what you said. Mississippi State can't smash mouth. They have Dak Prescott. And they have wide receivers. They don't have a running back. So I think A&M does have running back, but has no receivers. So I think it's I, I think there's going to be some points scored, and I, I don't know what the total is, but I would probably take the over unless it's you know unless it's fifty you know unless it's like fifty five or sixty. But I would take the over if it's in the forties. Uh, but like I said, I I lean Mississippi State if the number is seven and a half at as is. <clears throat> At six and a half, I'm going to hate on Moo Yu and say A&M covers that. Okay, I'll go with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, moving right along to the other school up north in Mississippi, uh, yeah. the Rebel Black Bear Akbar Colonels. Is that what we mm-hmm. decided on? I think so, yes, fair enough. They passed that by the SGA. Uh, mm-hmm. They are seven and a half point faves in Gainesville. <laughs> Florida coming off, of course, that hilarious win over the Tennessee Vols. I'm still laughing. L O L O L. Exactly. Uh, who you hate here? Uh, I hate the Ole Miss Rebels. Uh, this is a seven-point game waiting to happen. Mm-hmm. If that, uh, here's the deal with Ole Miss. They are they they should beat everybody left on their schedule. They won't. Uh, it's Ole Miss, and they we it's 
we are Ole Miss is what yeah. they say. And damn it, it's nothing can be even truer than, than that. <laughs> they are equipped to beat Florida like a drum. They will not beat Florida like a drum. If they beat Florida, it will be by a touchdown. Uh, put your money on the Florida Gators. See, I, I only sort of disagree with you because I think Florida either wins outright or Ole Miss wins by four touchdowns. I don't think that's an unreasonable position either. Yeah. Um, I, there is huge we are Ole Miss potential here. Uh-huh. Is, how do you say that hashtag? Wayom? Wow. Well, I, I just W-A-O-M. Okay, that makes more sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm here to help. I, I'm still, I think Florida is due some growing pains with McIlwain down there, kind of getting it all solved, and I'm going to hate the Gators here. All right, fair enough. Uh, next up, <laughs> speaking of funny results, uh, San Jose State. I don't. I don't know what they are. I'm going to call them the Spartans. It could be There's something not. like that. Maybe who's the who's the Aztecs? That's San Diego. No. Okay, yeah. Uh, maybe I don't. We don't. We don't really care. No. Is that how that comes out? Uh, San Jose State is getting twenty from the Auburn Tigers uh, down on the farm. Um, who do you hate? Oh, the line is so funny. You're right. Uh, they are the Spartans. How about that? Um, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a mascot savant. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I uh, I would love to say San Jose State here. Uh, they are coming off a pretty large 26-point win over Fresno State. Correct. Uh, but before that, they were getting shellacked by Oregon State and Air Force, and I like an Air Force. What's, uh, that, what's, what's that Oregon State score? You got it in front of you? Yeah, I do. Uh, Oregon State won that game in Corvallis 35-21. So okay. Not exactly close. Uh, right. I'm gonna side with the Barners. I thought Sean White had a decent little showing last weekend. You know, he's not gonna. I, I hate if you're if there are any Auburn fans listening or one Auburn fan. Hey Wes, not you, Fred. Uh, <laughs> cover your ears. I don't think Sean White's gonna win the Heisman. Right. I know that's that. that's shocking, but uh, <coughs> I do think he probably leads them to like a 24 point victory here. Okay, that's fair, and I. I'm torn on this one um, because, all right, yes, you're right. They, Oregon State, in my opinion, is no better than Auburn. And that was a 21-point win. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's going to be so – I think the number is fairly close. Uh, it is in Auburn, so that does give them something. But at the same point, in that Fresno game, all right, Fresno is horrible. Uh, Ole Miss beat them. It was one of their 70-point wins. I can't remember what Fresno scored, but it was like 70-something to 20-something. Um, but they also beat Fresno by 30 points. And Fresno, I mean, and, and San Jose State had a 300-yard rusher in that game. Wow. So if, they un, if that guy is legit, I don't know how bad. I mean, granted, Fresno State's defense has to be bad, kind of bad if, if you let Ole Miss hang 70 on you. But nevertheless – um, I if you've got a 300-yard rusher, you could do some damage against that barn defense. Uh, so I 20 scares me because I think it's a 21-point game. Right. But I'm just gonna say they are demoralized and whatnot, and it you know it just makes me getty to think about it. But I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna take the, the Spartans. Well, it could happen, and I'm should... gonna say yeah, I'm gonna say it's like a 19. 19-point game, it might even be a push. Uh, but, yeah, I'm going to just wild hair up my ass. I'm going to take the Spartans. All right, that was graphic. Uh, 
It's it's a nice time, I feel like, to point out that the Roll Bama Roll meltdown for this past weekend is exceptionally glorious. Oh my. Uh there's there's Vol meltdowns, there's Texas meltdowns. All the best meltdowns. Oregon, but the Auburn one really did it for me. There is just such little hope there remaining. And uh to watch them completely turn on Gus almost in real time is hysterical. Well, Honest, I mean, I don't want to make this into an Auburn podcast, but who who is left that they're going to beat? Yeah, they play like this. I mean, the, look, Sean Sean White may turn into all world. I, you know, weird ass shit happens down on the plains. I I, right. I know that, but who? I mean, outside of Idaho that they have out of conference and this San Jose State team, who do they have left that they're going to beat? Yeah, uh, they play at Kentucky, which you know, going into That's- the season looked like a given, but. I don't. I won't. I won't give that to Auburn. No, it's anything but. I Kentucky yeah. might be favored in that game at home. Uh-huh. Uh, they've got Arkansas, and then, like you said, Idaho. So Arkansas, I guess they'll beat. I mean, unless I Arkansas turns. I'm not up ready big. to concede that. I'm not either. I mean, Arkansas can still run the ball. Yeah. I mean, they're 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 down on their luck, but I I would not be shocked if Arkansas won that game. Yeah, and after this San Jose State game, it looks like they have a bye, so it would be. A classic Barner year to just come back a completely new team and run the table. So we'll see. Yeah, of course. But maybe and maybe and they'll probably beat by. So there's that. <laughs> they will they will beat by. I I don't know what the line is on by, but I might take by. I'm not positive. It, I prefer it more when they call that week off. <laughs> exactly. I'll leave that there. Uh moving right along to the matter yes. at hand. Let's move on. All right. <laughs> uh, we're not quite at the matter of hand because No, we've got one more, which is in fact my hand of the week. Well give it to us. All right, Arkansas is traveling into uh, your Nayland Stadium. No, thanks. Uh-huh, you know, no worries. Uh, where uh, I, I, Maybe even your friend and neighbor, Phil Plummer, will be present. I can't really tell you. But uh, Arkansas is getting six from the Tennessee Volunteers. Tennessee is giving them the six. Yes. Arkansas is going to get run out of that damn building. Mm-hmm. Uh, I... They are so pissed off about that Florida loss. I mean, I've been following like West Rucker and Tennessee's beat writers, and they spent the entire weekend in, I mean, all of Sunday and Monday in the film room dissecting every single play. If there's one team Tennessee is going to beat like a drum, it is this Arkansas Razorbacks team. Uh, six is not enough. I don't think 16 is enough. I think they're going to beat the shit out of Arkansas. You're, for some reason, Arkansas just shapes up so nicely as a whipping boy here. They're like uh-huh. watching a blind kid walk off a cliff. Right. One of my favorite pastimes. It's, oh, no. Isn't it? uh, <laughs> but, yeah, they're just... Death is hilarious. <laughs> especially to blind Blind kids. death, even better. <laughs> uh, you know, I think Tennessee is in a deep, dark place and... May not come out of it with a win, but I think they'll at least feel a little better about themselves. Uh, I think Butch is going to do everything he can to run up the score and cool his seat, his warming seat. Uh, <laughs> well, it ought to be hot as hell, and here's why. Uh, they hated on some Derek Newley. Mm-hmm. Look at their records. Right. Derek Newley's and Butch Jones at this point in both of their tenures. Right. Uh, whose is better, do you think? Well, they're identical. No, after last week? Derek Newley's is better. Oh, no. Yeah, by oh, one no. game, but damn. I mean, come on now. 
Yeah. I mean, he's on some Dooley, but he's better right now than Butch Jones is. Yeah, and my favorite fact is, and it's, it's hard to keep up with, but uh, teams yeah. this year that were up by 13 or more points in the fourth quarter are 188 and three. Holy shit. And Tennessee makes up for two of those three losses. <laughs> So oh, good. Right. That's the funniest thing in the isn't world, it, isn't it? Um, but anyway, who you got yes. this game? Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna hate the uh, Razor Pigs here too. I think Tennessee comes out, and I, I gotta say, I thought Butch used uh, Dobbs much better, uh-huh. and he's he seems to be kind of watching some Tebow tape, and I see some similarities there, and he's doing some creative things. So I think Tennessee's getting better as Arkansas flounders. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Well, we're going to move on to the uh, matter at hand where your mm-hmm. Crimson Tide travels between the hedges on Saturday at 2.30 in the afternoon to take on the Georgia Bulldogs. Uh, fun facts. Uh, this is the first time the Crimson Tide is a underdog since 2008 in the uh, SEC Championship against Florida. This is also the first time the Crimson Tide has been an underdog in a regular season game. And the last time that was that, that happened was uh, the blackout game in uh, the oh, aforementioned boy. Athens, Georgia, where we're a six-point dog, uh, and that turned out pretty well. Mm-hmm. By the way, some... it's a it's a red out this week, by the way. I saw that, and I, I believe it was you who said they're wearing red because they're going to an MFN bloodbath. Yes, yes. I hope Scott Cochran's used that. Yes, God. Last was a funeral, this time a bloodbath. Uh-huh. Um, wear what you want, wear what you want. It doesn't matter to us. Uh, so what are your takes? What are you thinking? Well, you think? I've, I've got some more fun facts on the on the setup here. Um, against teams in the top 15, when Georgia has been ranked higher, they are 1-6. Oh, that's bad. For their last seven games. And also within the top 15, when Alabama was ranked lower... We are, let's see, what's we've won seven of nine, so we're okay. seven and two. Okay, yeah, so your subtraction skills are... are it was very difficult, my head hurts. Uh, <laughs> uh, so that's just uh, a little you, more color. You may not know this about Jimmy Johns, but he is a blonde fellow, so that explains a lot about his intellectual capacity. The maths are hard. I know, what do you do? All right, here's what I'm thinking, I'll, we'll get to you in a second. Um, this game, I think, could go one of two ways. Um, if we avoid the Ole Miss dick trips and, you know, five, we, like I said, we had five turnovers that set them on the average of a 23-yard line, our 23-yard line. Uh, how do you not score with that? So if we – and uh, but outside of those disasters, we played well against Ole Miss. <clears throat> so I think if we avoid all that, we don't come out of the gate slow, and Coker is just serviceable. He ain't got to be great. Mm-hmm. And the play calling is not mind-boggling. If we get all of that going our way, uh, I think your tide covers to the tune of about 24 to 20. But if Lane does Lane things and wants to, gives up on the run, wants to get too cute, wants to make Jake Coker throw the deep ball, uh you know, if we get out of the if we get out of the gate slow, we find ourselves down to fourteen to nothing. You know, or if we decide to turn the ball over left and right, right, we could be on the ass end of a thirty-four to twenty game. Uh, but I, I tend to think we are prepared, and if we are prepared, we'll go win that game and win. So I'm going to hate on the dogs. Yeah. Talk about. It. 
I agree with that final sentiment. Uh, there are a few things scarier than a prepared Nick Saban Alabama team. Um, you know, I think this is our style of game. We want a team that's going to try to run it on us. We want a team that has some question marks at quarterback. And um, if, like you said, if Coker can be serviceable, I think a lot of that falls on Lane Kiffin. And we have found that he is completely unpredictable. Uh, but if we can not turn the ball over, if Coker can keep hitting Richard Mullaney, keep hitting some of the easy routes, and we can establish a running game, which I think we'll be able to do, uh, particularly for one reason that we haven't mentioned yet, and that is uh, we're Uh about to see the debut of one Bo Scarborough. Which is exciting news for all of us. Tell us about him. Very exciting news. Uh, He has had an SEC issue going on, or I'm sorry, an NCAA issue going on, in addition to uh, a knee injury that he suffered in the spring. Uh, He... Came back from the knee in- injury and has been practicing pretty much all year. Uh, although they wanted him to sit out these four games to make sure NCAA yeah. blew on over. Uh, but that said, he has been full speed at practice for a long time. Should, by all accounts, be well integrated into the offense. What we've been hearing from our hashtag sources are that he's practicing at an H-back role. And- he is, and it, but in fact, he's big enough to take run. I mean, he's not a Kenyon Drake. He's big enough yes. to go up the middle. Yeah, no, he can he, pretty much do it all. The dude's a beast. If you've seen pictures of him, he's a gigantic human. His arms are bigger than really my waist plus like Some, yeah. five more in my waist. Right, uh, so basically he's my waist is what you're saying. <laughs> well, maybe like three of you and two of me. I don't know. I haven't done the math quite right. Uh, again, maths are hard. Um you know, I would love to see us put him under center. Let's just see what happens. Yeah, what the hell? I'll you throw that out on. there. Uh, right. But anyway, I think I'm going to go ahead and make this my hate of the week. Hating on the Bulldogs. Hating on uh, them dogs. I have, I have oscillated from just... Like a fan. Like a fan from polar opposites of my hope spectrum for this game. Uh, but at the end of the day, I have to feel like... Our players love being in the underdog role. It's such a rarity for them. Uh, mm-hmm. I think we will respond well to being in what will probably be a pretty rowdy and intimidating atmosphere in Athens. One quick, one quick point. Uh, there's been rain, and there's mm-hmm. a and this. I don't know that that hurricane going up the east coast is going to affect it, but there's been rain in Athens and talking about rain on Saturday, and I don't know how that affects anything. Uh, but if neither one of us can throw the ball effectively, that's a-okay with me. Yeah, that would be a, a great game for me to watch. And I think I'm going to put a lot of faith in, like I said, Lane Kiffin to do the right thing, run the dang ball, Lane. Uh-huh. Run the dang ball. And, uh, and I think our offensive line shows out for the first time this year, uh, has themselves a game. I like Alabama close in about like a 16-14 to 14 type game. Outstanding. Good yeah. deal. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you uh, once again for listening. Again, we are Houndstooth Heroes. We are on SoundCloud at Houndstooth Heroes. You can find us on the mothership at Roll Bama Roll, or you can follow us on Twitter at Houndstooth Heroes. Uh, thanks for joining us as always. We look forward to hearing from you next week. Take us home there, Pitbull. All right. Well, y'all be good. Roll Tide.